We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And the Lakers dropped a pair of heartbreakers over the weekend that went down to the final minute. They were heartbreakers for different reasons, both games without LeBron. Uh, the first was a furious comeback in Charlotte that fell just short, led by Russell Westbrook had 30 in the second half, was his best scoring half as a Laker, and, and really a great performance, but came up short there. And then... The Lakers played so well for, gosh, it's been such a story of so many games. Their league-leading 11th double-digit blown lead uh, falling to the Atlanta Hawks, who have been playing well um, and scored with ease down the stretch. There was a decent amount of good to take out of these last couple of games, and maybe there will be more of that discussed in tomorrow's pod, maybe not. I want to talk about some of the some of the bad and some of the um, something that I think has plagued us in a way where... Darius, the ability to keep your head above water is something that's becoming increasingly important over the last couple of seasons in the NBA. I think that NBA teams are resting guys more during the regular season. I think the play-in tournament adds an additional you know, uh, additional couple of teams in each conference that makes each regular season game a little bit less important. So the Lakers more than any other team with injuries over the last couple of years or right up there with any other team um, have had, have been in a, Hey, this isn't really our team, but we need to be able to keep our heads above water for an indeterminate amount of time. And this year we're not doing it nearly as well as we did last year. Now there are a multitude of reasons for that, but the fourth quarter of the Hawks game, I thought illustrated one of the reasons why and the, it and it revolves around this question of why was Okongwu dunking the ball all the time? Why was why were they scoring so many points in the paint? And it's a fundamental personnel issue where we're really small, especially at the forward spot. And this is something I'll get more into the details as we go throughout this episode. But Darius, you and I have been talking basketball for a long time now. And with you and with the people that I respect, that when there is a certain conviction in your voice about something that you've noticed basketball wise or a thought that you've had that maybe I haven't had it perks my ears and I sit up 
One of those things was earlier in the year was we need a four. We need a forward. And it was just said with this where I've been I'd been so lost in tape and thinking about all of these different parts of the team. But I hadn't landed on that the way that you did. And I think that and the baseline need of what we need at the forward spot is so low that it's not even talking some really high caliber player. Talk to me about our our fours and fives, man. I thought that was a game where we either had guys that were too slow to be able to play or way too small to be able to play. And the guy who's supposed to be able to be that forward, who's a mix in between, is a guy like Trevor Ariza who can't move around anymore. And so we're really missing, when we've got Stanley Johnson as the second biggest player on the court, of course we're going to be vulnerable to getting pushed around. If we've got Malik Monk and Avery Bradley at the two and three spot, or the one and two, depending on how you want to see Russ, of course we're going to be too small and we're going to be taken advantage of. But you've seen this coming with the forward position and I think that it's a big reason why we've lost a lot of these games where we've been undermanned and otherwise played well, but not been able to kind of stop what the other team was doing. Yeah, I think earlier during the season, I identified it as an issue simply because of how many injuries the Lakers were suffering on the wing and how it pushed LeBron and AD into positions where they had where the Lakers were basically playing bigger. Now, a lot of people disagreed with Frank Vogel's approach, and I get that. I don't want to relitigate that here. But the decision that was made was, okay, we're going to play bigger. And that's going to compensate for all of the injuries that the Lakers had on the wings. And then LeBron got hurt very early in the season. And suddenly, the only forwards on the team were Anthony Davis and Carmelo Anthony because Trevor Ariza was still hurt too. And THT was hurt as well with a thumb. And at that point, Mike, I was just like, well, there's no one here to play forward. Like, not only do I think that the Lakers needed a better forward anyway, I've been thinking that they need someone to compete with Carmelo Anthony for real minutes. hundred percent. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that it was maybe a little bit foolish to depend on Trevor Ariza and wanted someone who could compete with Trevor Ariza or provide the things that the mm-hmm. idea that Trevor Ariza was supposed to be, like have someone like that in-house already that could actually play. And then obviously we could like litigate how much DeAndre Jordan has left, which is not much at all, if anything, and how and where Dwight Howard is as a player at this point, which is probably not an every night player. And so Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, Dwight Howard, and DeAndre Jordan. Those were four free agent signings. All of them mm, new brutal. to the team yeah. this offseason, Mike. And all of them were projected to flank LeBron James and Anthony Davis in some way, shape, or form in order to be the Lakers' front court this season. And Carmelo Anthony's been fine. In some games, I think he's been like excellent, actually, just in terms of what he's provided offensively and held up defensively in ways that are admirable. Other games, he's been not fine at all where defensively he's been porous and offensively the shot's not there and too many minutes and legs not being there and, and, and all of that. But a 25% hit rate on your forwards, even though LeBron and James Davis, and yeah. Anthony Davis are the backbone of your team and the expectation is that, the hope at least, is that they're going to be there because without them it doesn't work. But 
finding the right player to slot between them is super important. It's probably one of the more important things, I think, on this sort of team. And I feel like the Lakers didn't do a very good job of that. And it's something I was looking at very early in the season as, hey, for all the injury stuff and everything else, like this might be something that actually matters because I think we've undervalued that even to the point of like how important Markeith Morris was, for example, during the Lakers championship run. There was a utility there that you don't know how much it matters until it's actually not there at all. And it hasn't really been there for much of the season at all in terms of real two way play at one of those forward positions or one of the big man positions that allows AD to actually play forward, right? And so it's a hole on the roster, and I'm hoping the Lakers can find a way to resolve it before the trade deadline. Well, the game in Atlanta was not a big surprise or a big disappointment or something like that to me. I I thought going in that we, that we as in, I guess, anybody – observing or expecting ahead of that game didn't realize um, how good Atlanta was, especially offensively, where even when they struggled early in the season, they've still been the NBA's second best offense. And Trey Young puts you in really tough spots. And and if you adjust out to Trey Young, then they're getting lobs to their athletes inside. And like they're 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 gonna score. And so Pete, the defensive problem that you talked about with all right, well thinking about the forwards and yes, they need another forward. Well of course, but Stanley Johnson kind of became that next forward if you have Anthony Davis and LeBron James, because then you're you're not small anymore. Then you're still mm-hmm. you're still big enough to handle stuff, and you can put a couple of guards alongside them uh, to to aid that some. But if one of those guys is out, then you're in trouble, and you're not going to be able to stop Atlanta, especially in crunch time possession type situations. You just don't have good enough personnel. Um, you can can you can make their shots difficult, but they're going to make a good percentage of them. So the reason the Lakers were even messing around by being in that game is because they literally had the best shooting half in the NBA this whole season. The entire NBA, they shot 71% in the first half. And then Malik Monk stayed hot. And Westbrook and Stanley Johnson both hit threes to start the third quarter. So that's why you're, you're up 10. Atlanta was scoring. They were getting super good shots the whole game. And it wasn't for lack of effort on from the Lakers from the defensive standpoint. So the other point to make for me is that without – if you just have LeBron, you're going to have a pretty good offense. And when you don't have LeBron, even if Anthony Davis is out there, like again, they were they were generating some pretty good looks, but you're you're still missing so much, especially once you get to the fourth quarter when Atlanta did pick up their defense some. That's when LeBron is the guy out there to really be in charge of where the shots are coming from. And if all else fails, guess what? He can drive right into the rim. So I I just the simplified point of all of this stuff is that. LeBron having swelling in his knee is a is a much bigger problem than even, you know, Anthony Davis is going to be out for X amount of time, but we expect him. He's going to be back and he's going to be healthy. There there is no greater problem than LeBron missing games. And that is that is now my concern that I voiced last week that we're already getting into the point where staying out of the plane is going to be extremely difficult based on just how Denver and Dallas are playing, let alone what the Lakers can do. And now with the uncertain return of LeBron. Uh, that is that is sort of the thing that's at the top of the marquee and everything else is way below that for me, Pete. I hear that. Let's go to break. And when we come back, let's talk about the implications of LeBron being out, because I think that these things are all tied together. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So, Mike, 100%. I mean, of course, we're a not nearly as good of a team without LeBron James. I feel like sometimes things like that need to be said. We're not nearly as good of a team without Anthony Davis either. We're a bit unique in that we are more based on our top-end talent than any other team in the NBA. That said, over the course of an 82-game stretch, and we've really lived this and we're living this with the uncertainty of LeBron being out, is you have to go through some stretches where you're without one or or both of those guys and you have to be able to survive to get by it's not like a and and it's not a matter of like oh we lost to Atlanta how could we possibly lose to the hottest team in the Eastern Conference at home without LeBron James of course like my expectation was not necessarily to win that game but what i thought that second rated offense did was really illuminate like when a team is really good at something if you have a weakness in that area they will highlight it in a way where it's even more obvious. Like it's all that weakness you have is always there, but they're able to exploit it and highlight it in a way where it's like, oh, this is a bigger fundamental truth about the team. You brought up Stanley Johnson, Mike, about it. Like when it's LeBron, Stanley Johnson, and AD, you've got good size in that front court. But I think the point that, hey, we got this guy on a 10-day contract who is probably the best non-superstar forward on the team, not, like I would say Stanley's our best forward aside from LeBron and AD. 
And we got him off the street. We're super lucky to have him in the first place. Only reason we had him was the weird COVID, uh, you know, 10 day contracts that ended up getting handed out because so many players were out. So we talk about even last year's team. I remember, you know, a game with Keefe where he had like 17 in Brooklyn and, and we beat them. And just a random night where like I couldn't imagine Trevor Ariza giving us 17 in a game or a random game right now. Even a guy like Alfonso McKinney who's was like our 12th man, just a forward who's tall and athletic and active. Like it's, it's such a gaping hole that it, it, that it's, I obviously a guy like Alfonso McKinney or even Keith wouldn't be a big part of our like championship aspirations, but the ability to get through just the middle portion of this season, Mike, and I, I think that that's really hurt us. And so obviously LeBron being out is part of that, but with the trade deadline coming up, we're in like, yo, we got to address this if there's any degree of uncertainty with it there. Yeah, this, this is kind of a, this is a microcosm of the conversation that we've had all season though. And when you're pay, when you've got two max guys in LeBron and AD, and then your third max guy is Westbrook, who's a guard, you're it's like, what forwards do we really think are going to the forwards that were impactful the last couple of years, other than Keith, who was the exception. He was like basically like the best buyout guy in the NBA over the last two years. And and I, uh, especially as a twin, I, I particularly valued Markeith Morris. But <laughs> there, you know, you're not going to just you can't expect to go out and and be loaded at that spot when you've got nothing but vet mints. To go so we knew that was going to happen. And that's why the Lakers are in big trouble if LeBron or AD are out. And Pete, they've been out way more than the minimal, like than the amount of just being able to, to kind of cover it up. It just, there's not, there isn't a practical solution it, to win in the NBA when you have your two stars missing this much time. It's just, it doesn't The Clippers work. have a better record than we do. The Clippers, the Clippers situation is is a little bit different. Like the Nuggets been, have a better record than we do because they've had their because Jokic is a different kind of. If LeBron didn't miss a single game all year, which Jokic hasn't missed a single game, then the Lakers would have a much better record. It would, in fact, it would probably be what Denver's record is. Denver's twenty eight and twenty one. Lakers are twenty four and twenty seven. LeBron has missed fifteen games. If LeBron played in those fifteen games, you don't think that would make a difference in four wins? Of course call. it would. Well, but yeah, so that's they, it. Their circumstance, There's but they've been out. They've been without their second best player the entire season. Put the Clippers have been LeBron without their Jokic. best player the entire season. You don't think that 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 being without Jamal Murray and and Michael Porter Jr. has impacted their record? Not with Jokic playing like that, and they have a bunch of other guys that have played the same system for five years now. So that's that's what happens in the NBA. Like I just I'm not mad at what like if you if the Lakers you show me their record. And you told me the games that LeBron and AD missed. And I know people don't love to hear this because you have to watch the team every day. And it's not fun to see them losing. But it's like, yeah, guys, welcome to NBA history. This, but, this, this is what happens. No, but there are other teams in the NBA that have had it worse than we have health-wise that have been able to tread water better than we have. In part because I'm not expecting high-level vet minimum players. I'm expecting capable guys. Again, Stanley Johnson, we got him off the street. We got him out of the G League. And Alfonso McKinney, that is the caliber of player that I'm talking about that would be an enormous up upgrade over guys that can't fill in, that can't – like that's what those other teams have along with the system, along with – you know, the the coach and the lineups are more on the same page, like in terms of the coach knew this is kind of like the guys that I want to put around my guys, whereas Vogel's been kind of figuring that out this year. But all of, all of that also comes with that there are capable guys at the end of the bench. And when we talk about that, just ability to tread water, our inability to go like, 
crap, we probably shouldn't have Avery Bradley in the game right now. And we're too small here. Like just not having a forward to go to, I think has been really costly in that ability to just get the random wins throughout the season. I'm a bit of the mind that having LeBron and AD miss so much time. Like, so I'm in agreement with Mike from the standpoint of having those two guys miss so much time is super important to where the Lakers are now, right? But I think there were roster miscalculations that were made in terms of the beginning of the season and the chase for what types of players the team signed. I'm sympathetic to Rob from the standpoint of you have to sign, go sign 10 minimum player guys and one MLE guy, right? And he got a decent crop of return on that. What has not worked is that there were too many guys who were signed who were like six four and under, right? And not it and the guys who were signed who were above six four were all super old or yes. had too many years of experience and did not have the legs. The tricky part with the Lakers roster construction is is their best two players are LeBron James and Anthony Davis. AD is a five, right? Or he could play four, but so let's just call him a five, four, right? And LeBron, the thought was coming into the season that he was more of a four, three, but really LeBron is a LeBron. He's a one of one. He can be anything you want him to be. He could still be a point guard, like if you want him to be, but he's leaned way more into being a big man this year. Right. And so he's been also like a four or five. So if you're if your best player is a four or five and your second best player is a five, four. Then in theory, there actually aren't a lot of minutes for another for another forward sized dude. Right. Right. But the fact is that the dudes who they do have to play those minutes anyway, which I would still argue it's a pretty important position. Like you still need is. another small forward type dude. It's frustrating. They're starting Russell Westbrook at point guard. He is their point guard. It is then super frustrating to say the next two guys who the team is going to start when LeBron James is out are going to be a 6-2 guard and a 6-3 guard. It's a college-style lineup in the NBA. And the difficulties then in being able to defend at an NBA level, like those difficulties are exponentially harder with the size of player the Lakers are asking to defend. Let's go to break real quick. And when we come back, I want to get your thoughts on like, what do forwards do? What is the purpose of the forward position in the NBA? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mike, jump in here first because well, I'm sure you wanted to respond to all those things I, no, I, I put just, on the table for like you. It's just like, guys, like, yeah, of course, if you have LeBron and AD and you're building a roster, how many stud forwards are you going to be able to get behind them? And they and so they had one last I'm year, not Kyle Kuzma. Alfonso McKinney, Kyle, so caliber Alfonso McKinney is, not is not, come on, Alfonso McKinney Alfonso is not Mc- making no. the difference this year. You were saying that about Stanley Johnson six weeks ago. I was and not. Like, I oh, said, I was not saying Stanley that. Stanley Johnson next to. I said, we need to see one of those guys. Riggs has strong feelings on that too. If it has to be either Ariza or Stanley Johnson, and we don't, it doesn't look like it's going to be Ariza, and that's the spot they put themselves in. But if you're also paying forty plus million to Westbrook, and yeah. like last year These you had some guys on the bench, players that I'm talking like about, I'm not Kyle asking Kuzma. for studs. Yeah, I'm Kyle not asking Kuzma. for Kyle Kuzma. That's the guy that can fill in behind LeBron and no, that's the guy who can fill in his minutes, right? That's the guy that can step in and be like, oh, we need Kyle Kuzma to take 20 shots tonight. That's so you fine. Want, you can't get you Alfonso McKinney. A perfect roster while you're paying three guys max money. No, so this is where... I don't know this- how many times I... I like, I, I've said... <laughs> Alfonso McKinney caliber player, and you're saying I'm asking for a perfect roster? I'm asking for a a forward-sized human who can walk and chew gum at the same time. This is where now I'm back with you, Pete. <laughs> right? And so when we went into break, Pete, you were saying, like, let's talk about what a forward does. And the type of guy... One of the issues the Lakers have had is that they do not have enough guys who are like six eight or so who can actually move around the basketball court and capably do basketball things. That's all I'm asking for, right? And so one of the illuminating things about Stanley Johnson to me is he is an interesting talent from the perspective of he was a lottery pick. He has, and we've talked about this before with him, but he has pedigree, right? And so you can see it in his game that he's been asked to do over the course of his basketball life. He was asked to do like high level basketball things and he was good at them. And then he got to the NBA and he probably was not good enough at those things anymore. But that, that ability to sort of chase down like, guards and wings and defend them and then finish with either hand around the basket or make a high low read or went to flash and like oh there's the back door cut like let me pass there and all of those things stanley in some ways is operating is operating at a level that i actually don't expect other forward sized players to actually do right because he has a certain level of skill baked in to the because back he, he had was, that background. Yeah. yeah, because he was a number eight or number nine overall pick, right? Like he was good. And I'm not looking for another Kyle Kuzma type who is like 6'10 and can get you 40 points in an NBA basketball game. That sort of player, if you wanted that sort of player, you don't trade him away for Russell Westbrook, who is giving you something else. I think the question that is on my mind or what I'm actually looking for is a player who can capably defend either us another team's small forward or another team's power forward 
who does not make a ton of defensive mistakes and can basically sit outside the arc and hit an open three or can attack a closeout. Now, that's like four things. Those four things aren't necessarily simple, but every team in the league has, I don't know, three guys on their roster. When when I look around the league, I'm just like, oh, look at you. Like, you can do those things. Minnesota seems to have like three of them. Are they available on vet minimum contracts? I'm looking back to this past season's free agency crop, though, and I'm just like, oh, man, like the pickings were slim. Honestly, let me put it this way. I'm looking for the same vet min caliber guys that we've had in past years. There's nothing about the Westbrook trade. There's nothing about any of the the moves or the three-star build that prevent you from signing vet minimum players. If we have the same caliber vet minimum players as previous years, we're able to tread water much more effectively than we have. And so the guys that the Lakers have had, and this is where it gets tricky, the guys that the Lakers have had, Dwight Howard... JaVale originally, I think, was maybe on a minimum, and then he like earned his way up to get a higher salary. But a lot of the other guys they signed were guards. The guy that I'm looking at is Markeith Morris. He was a buyout guy, right? And then Andre Drummond, the Lakers' old friend, right? He was a buyout guy too. And then he ended up signing for a minimum as well. And we were talking about this offline the other day, but it's just like, honestly, if you had Andre Drummond instead of DeAndre Jordan at this point, or maybe even instead of Dwight Howard, the outcome of the team probably looks differently, not because Drummond is some world beater, but he has a floor in terms of the level of talent that he's providing and what he's capable of doing on a basketball court. I think what's really hurt the Lakers is that three or four of the vet minimum guys that they signed have ended up getting an opportunity within the rotation and have ultimately been pulled from the rotation almost permanently. That in and of itself is damning because they were given a chance as starters. DeAndre Jordan got to start basketball games for a long time. Wayne Ellington got his chances as a starter. Kent Bazemore got his chances as a starter. Trevor Ariza has gotten chances. And it's like all of those guys ended up not only out of the rotation, but like banished. Bazemore coming back the last couple of games and sort of showing like I'm ready if you call on me, that's been important to me. But And I just wish Kent Bazemore was 6'7", right? Because if that was the case, he'd be way more helpful to this team at this point. So Bays is like an inflection point question that I'd put back to you, Mike. If like the level of guy I think Pete is talking about is like a Kent Bazemore type. And so like Otto Porter, for example, or even yeah, Juan Toscano-Anderson. I'm guessing they tried to sign Otto Porter. Yes, me too. <laughs> I mean, uh, this is what my – like so – you guys asked me what kind of player I wanted additionally earlier in the season of the podcast. And what was the answer? A bigger two-way guy. Yeah. yeah. This isn't like some secret sauce. This is I what everybody wants. on the like, I, I, I'm not saying I would have made every single roster decision like that. But it's, I'm also not going to pretend like if they, like they, have to, they, they somehow could have just made up for by having the 15th guy be more playable and more serviceable two ways – and they were going to be able to make up for LeBron missing 15 games and Anthony Davis missing 20 games. And which, which is, so that's also not to say, well, we can't have podcasts about all of the stuff around the margins and trying to figure that stuff out. It's just like, I, the, the amount of emphasis that's placed on that based on what, like what the actual roster was built to do, which is, which was to be played around LeBron and AD. And so it becomes very difficult. And I'm just, I, I, I trying to make sure that that's getting enough emphasis. 
and that's fair. But the wait till we get healthy has been our mantra for the last hundred plus games now. We don't. It's and, not the. It's not the goal. I'm not. It's, that wasn't like. Oh, this is. This is great. Let's just wait till we get healthy, and then they'll be fine. Like the, the, and they did bungle a lot early in the season. And this is this is why we were mad about those losses. Right. Because, because when that they was had the time to, to be up on the schedule. OKC yep. and, and all that stuff. And that's a, that is going to come around and get you. Now, the, this this last road trip wasn't that. This wasn't no. that where like they didn't come out the right way and they play like they are. No, we're they playing are much engaged. better basketball. Yeah, they are yeah. engaged enough now. But like that. So, and they probably the, the schedule softens up at least this next week. So mm-hmm. they do have enough to win these next two games, you know, with what the current roster is. But I didn't think they had enough to beat that Atlanta team the way that they were playing unless Atlanta just really struggled for some reason. No, 100%. And this is more of a big picture, like the Atlanta game, I thought really illuminated that. But yes, of course, that, that was their seventh win in a row. They're playing, they're playing really well. They're the second best offense in the league. Like I didn't expect to win the Atlanta game or the Charlotte game, right? Uh, what I'm saying though, is that we have found ourselves at the end of the Grammy trip, Mike, Firmly in play-in territory. If we are not in the play-in game, to me, it will be a surprise. And forgive me, I, I needed a uh, I needed a bitch fest for a podcast about the fact that we haven't been able to tread water. And I think a big part of that isn't that our 15th guy can't play. It's that our 12th guy and our 13th guy and our 14th guy and our 15th guy can't play. And that hasn't been true about our end of end of the bench guys like we've never really had that much cap space we haven't been giving guys at the end of our bench more than a vet min ever no team can you don't have the cap space to be able to do that but the fact that in the past it was Marc Gasol, Andre Drummond, Wes Matthews, Markeith Morris those caliber players that could step in that were out of the rotation that were on the same contracts that we have available now that and that it's three of those spots are to guys that can barely move anymore. They're just not NBA players anymore. And what I'm saying is that the ability to tread water when a LeBron is out, when an AD is out, that's why we're here. And then in terms of going forward, there is still like, when we have LeBron back, we have enough guys. When we have LeBron and AD and and Russ, you are able to eat enough minutes to where you don't get into that part of your rotation where you have to have the 12th guy, the 13th guy, guys that wouldn't play in the playoffs, Darius, but do help you get through a season. But here's my thing is that in both the, in both the big picture and, and the small, small picture. And I've been saying this all, all season, the roster is imbalanced. They have too many guards and not enough forwards. And that's true. Even hundred percent healthy. Yes. If, all 15 guys that are on the roster are are available. The way that the season has gone to to this point, DeAndre Jordan is 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 showing that he's not up to it. Trevor Ariza is if you want to be kind to Trevor Ariza, he looks like a step below Dwight Howard, right? Which is like, hey, maybe every fifth or sixth game you can come in and give us spot spot minutes, but the everyday like I'm available and I have the legs to do this. Like he's not there. I like Ariza played against who? He played against Charlotte, I think, mm-hmm. and he he hadn't played in maybe four or five days at that point. And I thought he played hard. He did. He played hard. He right. he just missed so many steals where I was like, oh, 2000 Ariza would have, you know, gone the other way and dunked that. Yeah, the, the yeah. body isn't listening to the mind when you go exactly. to the pickup right. game. Yeah. But, and and, and so, the, yeah. so, Mike, the point that I'm making here 
isn't that, well, the Lakers would have six more wins this season if they had an Otto Porter level player. Right? Because I think that's folly. The guys who win you games are LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That said, having a player at a certain baseline level can keep you in a game for longer. Right. So when AD is out, but LeBron is available, maybe he does steal you a win. Maybe Russell Westbrook does steal you exactly. a win. And, yeah, and that's and, almost what happened. That's why those last two games were rough, right? Because Russell yeah. right. stole you a right win, there, man. Right there. And they just yeah. can't get over the hump. But bigger yep. picture, too, where I'm at is even when you have all three of those guys and Pete is talking about, well, you don't get into that part of your rotation as much. Guess what? If you're a championship level team, you're going to need one of those dudes to come in at some point and yeah. give you an eight minute shift where yep. it's just like, oh, my God, this dude played above his head. I just think that it's like you're on the same same page as me. Like at, at some point, one of these role players is 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 like I'm with you here and I can make a play. And so and this is kind of this is where, again, I think we all agree on this. We, we all want this one extra player on the roster. We've been saying it since preseason. So that's not that's and I think that I think that the Lakers uh, would are like are wanting to try and get an additional piece around the trade deadline. But I'm also saying like if they so they get credit for Austin Reeves, they get credit for Stanley Johnson. They Malik found Monk. and signed those guys. They get credit for Malik Monk. Mm-hmm. They have had some major hits. Um, and, and Monk hit eight threes last game and scored 33 points. So it's just it's the combination of the injuries. Buddy, I know I missed you. I missed you a lot, too. I got it's been first day home after 12 days, guys. So uh, apologies for rigs in the background completely. But I saw him on an ottoman and he's, <laughs> he's like been... pointing at the TV and he's just like, look, that dude. I know that dude. That yeah. dude's dad. He's not here. He's on TV, though. Oh, man. Yeah. So he's excited to have me home. But, you know, it's it's just like the this combination of all of the of all the injuries the is is to me what the exponential nature of it is what's been the major killer yeah um, it's cascaded less, man yeah less so than the than the roster like you shouldn't have to be worried about your 13th 14th 15th usually now that's changed with covid that's changed in, with the, what you said about the plan um and so i but i think they have enough guys minus that one spot we all want that big kind of three four five that uh that that they would have been able to much better sustain this. And it's just been Murphy's law lately. Yeah, it it has been. And it's why we find ourselves where we are. I want tomorrow to be more positive. Uh, Thank you for putting up with me. I needed to bitch about our forwards for an episode. So thank you. Uh, Because we made progress on that Grammy road trip. I know everyone's freaking tired of hearing it. And we got that one little glimpse of everyone together where we didn't even play that well and still won by, by 15, you know. So tomorrow, let's cover some of the the good of of that road trip because I do think that we still we just barely have enough runway. We need health uh, with LeBron. We need everything with his knee to, to be okay. But um, tomorrow, let's talk about the good the good of the Grammy road trip. But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Baines has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic got it. Magic fires. It's good. They win. Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. That next to the winner. It's on the way. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. Back with his eighth block shot. The tie.
ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two. Listen. It's over. Shot clock out of five. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good. Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers. James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.